I don't know if Matt Eberflus has saved his job yet, because as we know, uh, especially as I know as a lifelong Bears fan, things can get worse. And if these final four games are an absolute disaster, uh, and if Justin Fields, you know, doesn't, you know, look like he's looked the last uh, several weeks, especially since coming back from his thumb injury, obviously no. So I, I don't want to say he saved his job so far, but I think that he's definitely making a strong case. Like if the decision needed to be made now, I think the answer would be yes. Welcome into the program. Ryan O'Leary here, along with my good friend, Alyssa Barbieri. It's the Bears Wire podcast powered by the USA Today Network. We appreciate you for hopping on board. and We hope you stick around for this Bears playoff push and subscribe. Uh, you can find this show wherever you get your podcast. Hi, Alyssa. Are you buying in yet? Are you ready to start the uh, Eberflus 2024 campaign? Right? He's finally got a winning streak. That was your big knock on him. He's got his winning streak. His defense has been playing lights out. There's no denying that your Bears look, sound, and feel like a more confident football team right now. Are you all in? Man, I'm sorry. I like I smiled when you said playoff push. And I'm like, oh my god, the fact that, that playoffs is that's a thing, Ryan. That is a thing that it's not even like a joke anymore. They're in it. It's like, oh, I just want to see them in the in the hunt, right? And now we're seeing them in the hunt, and they are what one game uh, back from a, a wild card spot, which is just incredible when you consider just how ugly this season started. How many times I've been asking for Matt Eberflus to be fired, and now I look like an idiot because it really does look like the Bears are turning a corner under Eberflus and what this team has accomplished and how they've been able to turn things around. The addition of Montez Sweat going in, or actually not going in, but you know, hosting the Lions and avenging that loss, and just again making Jared Goff look silly. And just what the defense was able to do, Justin Fields and DJ Moore are just one of the most lethal combinations in the NFL. And that was just a complimentary win. They play complimentary football. They got the dub. They have back-to-back wins for the first time under Matt Eberflus. It's just crazy to see how things have changed so quickly. And now with four games left, instead of looking primarily just to the offseason and all these big decisions they have to make, now it's about, okay, wait, hold on. If they go on a run here in these last four weeks, they have a chance to, you know, in these next three games, if they can, like, win these games, there's a chance going into week 18 in Lambeau Field that they have an opportunity to go and play the Packers for a spot in the playoffs, which is just crazy to think about. And obviously, as the rest of the season plays out, a lot of the other offseason decisions um, could work themselves out. If not, we have still have a busy offseason to talk about, but – as you can tell, I'm, I'm I'm a little excited, Ryan. And there's a it's it's a different feel for us. We've done like the same podcast. I feel like where it's just kind of okay. We're just talking about how the Bears aren't headed in you know the right direction, and now we're looking to the off season. But now it really does feel like Matt Eberflus is and and Ryan Poles because he deserves deserves a lot of credit for how he's built this team. It really does feel like the Bears are on the cusp of something really special. No, there's there's something here. There there's something brewing. I've been talking about it for the last few weeks. Alyssa, you were pushing. You've been pushing back a little bit, right? And then and you picked the Bears to win one of their last five games or something. I don't want to call you out, but it's taken you a call while. Me out. I, I'll own it. I will own it, and I'm doing my part because I feel like I'm bringing them luck by doing that. Yep. So you're gonna have to pick the uh, the Browns when we get into that game here coming up. You're definitely gonna have to do that. But yeah, there is there is a little something here. It started with the defense, right? It's hard to believe the Bears were a two and seven team. When they lost those back-to-back games to the Chargers and the Saints, we were 
we were all beating that drum, fire Eberflus, fire Eberflus, like he's going to be fired. And dude's kind of saving his job, <laughs> right? Alyssa, like you can make the, the, the Bears have won two in a row finally for the first time in his tenure, but it should be four in a row because had they just beat the Lions and, and not had that epic collapse there right before Thanksgiving in a game they dominated, right? I mean, they are they are becoming a nightmarish matchup for the, the Lions, Teams in the division, they'll have like, across the league, right? You'll have these division matchups where they don't really, it doesn't really make sense. And for whatever reason, the the Bears are a horrible matchup for the Lions. They they know how to play Jared Goff. They're really good against the run. Uh, you know, you could take. Uh, it's not like the Lions couldn't run the ball. They ran the ball pretty well in the game. But I just think when they can't just get ahead of you and pound you with the run, and, and the Bears didn't let them do that because they got out to a lead you put the game in Jared Goff's hands and usually he can't pull it off. You pulled it off the first time against the bears. Good for them. They shut it down this time. Uh, but it, it just feels Eberflus has gone from, he was surely fired. I mean, I, th- I think some bears fans, including you, Alyssa wanted him gone week one after the uh, embarrassing loss at home to green Bay. Right. So there were people beating the drum there. There was a lot of people saying it week four after they lost to Denver, a game they should have won the drop to Owen four. Uh, I remember on the show, we talked about how Eberflus would be gone if they didn't have a Thursday night game that week against Washington. Uh, but he was able to stick around and they win that game at Washington. He buys himself some time. They lose the next week to Minnesota, but Fields gets hurt. So maybe with Tyson Bajan in there, he buys some more time. But then there's those ugly losses to the Chargers and the Saints. The Saints, another winnable game. You fall to two and seven. You kind of feel it coming again. And... Yeah, to your point, the Saints, they add Montez Sweat. They get a little bit healthier on defense and they start turning this corner. And now it's it's hard not to feel a, a little something coming, right? A little something brewing with this team. They should have beat Detroit the first time. They beat what I think is a pretty tough Minnesota team, even though Minnesota is, they got their problems on offense right now. I mean, three nothing lost to the Raiders. Wow. But they're really good on defense, and you were able to win a really low-scoring game against the Vikings, and you come out and blow out the Lions the way you should have the first time. I mean, yeah, there's no denying it. And I think, has Eberflus saved his job already, Alyssa? That's interesting. Um, I guess we're going to see because it is a, a continual you know, evaluation through the end of the season. Uh, and I think it was Cole Komet after the game who was asked about, you know, this little run that they're going on. And he essentially was like, you know, it means nothing if you can't keep it going. Right. You got to keep, you know, onto the Browns. And then you have two really winnable games against the Cardinals and the Falcons. And then that could be leading to a really pivotal game against the Packers in the last week of the regular season, which is kind of crazy to think. And I'm going to give you props too, Ryan, because I think it was after, um, yeah, it was after the Vikings when you're like, oh, it really does feel like, you know, the Bears are building something special. Perhaps they could go on a run like the Lions did. And I'm like, I basically laughed in your face. Yes. Um, and now uh, you can laugh at me. Feel free because I deserve it. And it's crazy to really see where this team has come and how far they've come. Because when you look at, you know, the Broncos game and you look at that first Lions game, which should have both been wins, they essentially had those games locked up. Bears would be seven and six right now in a wild card spot, which is just crazy to think about. And I mean, I don't know if Matt Eberflus has saved his job yet, because as we know, uh, especially as I know, as a lifelong Bears fan, things can get worse. And if these final four games are an absolute disaster, uh, and if Justin Fields, you know, doesn't, you know, look like he's looked the last uh, several weeks, especially since coming back from his thumb injury, 
obviously no. So I I don't want to say he saved his job so far, but I think that he's definitely making a strong case. Like if the decision needed to be made now, I think the answer would be yes. Just what he has done with this defense, which we've talked about, it's kind of like I wanted to keep him on as the defensive coordinator and, you know, what he's really building with that unit, especially and getting Montez. But it's funny what happens when you have a pass rush, when you have a dominant uh, pass rusher like Montez Sweat. It's amazing. How he can free up other guys to have opportunities and just what a pass rush does for the pass defense and for other guys getting opportunities and the takeaways. And I think they have the second most takeaways since week nine when Sweat uh, join the team it's just really insane like this this defense I, I mean as a Bears fan all I've known my entire life is the Bears have good defense and that hasn't been the case under Matt Eberflus and we criticized him rightfully so because he is a defensive guy but like you mentioned you know you're getting healthy players back Ryan Poles is adding talent to the roster and we're starting to see the results and Matt Eberflus as a play caller especially if he is in fact retained and he stays on next season, which seems quite likely at this point, and I wouldn't be opposed to it, uh, unlike what I've said on several, uh, many, maybe <laughs> past podcast episodes, <laughs> yep. I would like to see him keep on running the defense. Because just like when, since he's taken over, it's kind of crazy to think about that the whole situation with Alan Williams back in week three, how that was a blessing in disguise. I mean, I know that, that's not something you want going on, but it allowed Matt Eberflus to really take uh, take the reins of the defense and, you know, really start to leave his mark and show why he's one of the be- better defensive coordinators in the NFL. So just really impressed um, with the what this team has accomplished. And, you know, these final four games, there's a lot at stake. Yeah, and it, it's crazy. There was all that stuff with Alan Williams. There's another assistant coach involved with something, right? There was the quote-unquote raids at Hallis Hall, which I think maybe got blown out of proportion a little bit, but yeah. those are all just footnotes now because Eberflus was able to, and I questioned his leadership myself, right? Just the, the guy in front of the room, he seems a little awkward to me, right? Like, I don't know, maybe Tyler Dunn, the guy that did that big expose on Sean McDermott could do one on Eberflus, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I want to know the behind the scenes. I want to be the fly on the wall with him because I just, it, it doesn't, I don't feel it when I see Rufus talking to the guys in the, in the short snippets we do get, but I got to give him credit. I, I think he's done a great job leading the team. Your point on Montez Sweat is spot on. Uh, he's the MVP right now. He's been the MVP of this turnaround. He's just, I've never seen a singular player get inserted into a, a lineup and change everything. And that's been Montez Sweat. Huge ups to, to Ryan Poles. He nailed that. Uh, and, it, and it brings me to the other guy, right? It's coincided with Sweat, the defense turned the corner, and then Fields getting healthy, right, Alyssa? This has been what's fueled the turnaround. And Justin Fields, we talk about him every single week. We talk about uh, the impending decision that the Bears are going to have. Are they going to keep Justin Fields? Or do, are they going to draft Caleb Williams if they have the number one pick, which it sure seems like they're going to have via Carolina. And I found every morning I get up on Mondays, I watch uh, the ESPN Get Up show. I just think they do a good job breaking down the top storylines. I think they kind of shoot it straight. Some of their t- like Rex Ryan's on that panel, so you never know what you're going to get. And actually, I have a clip of something he said that's kind of ridiculous. But uh, I like their takes. But they had something on Justin Fields I thought was really interesting. I want to play it. 
Justin Fields is going to be a terrific player for someone yep. next year. The Bears have done absolutely everything wrong with this kid, and he continues to look pretty good. Yep. He is going to wind up being someone starting Yeah, Justin Fields, what he's doing right now is making some team on the outside looking in say, that has to be our quarterback yep. next year. That absolutely. has to be our starter. If you are the Atlanta Falcons, and we've talked about it before, yep. and you're looking at that skill set under Arthur Smith and the way he likes to run the football, it would be a great fit. If, if I'm Bill Belichick, first Ooh. thing I do is say, hey, here's our first round pick. Give me Justin Fields. That's a good one. And I, New England. I'm, I'm telling you right now, mark it down. Uh, Alyssa, I'm not sure if uh, Rex Ryan knows the Patriots pick number two overall right now. The season ended today. I don't know if they're giving up the number two overall pick for Fields. I'll, I'll take that, Ryan. I will make that trade if right now. <laughs> Ryan Poles is standing by the phone, Bill Belichick, if you want to make that trade. Uh, I think the Bears would do that. And just pick number one and number two and just go go ham on the entire league. Uh, one, that'd be one, two, and five yeah, right now. One, two, and five. Which is nuts. <laughs> so yeah, so they here. just they just own the league. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, so we could talk about you know the trade value here in a little bit, but just what what do you think of that, Alyssa? Right, Justin Fields quote: "He's going to be a terrific player for someone next year." The Bears have done absolutely everything wrong with this kid, and he continues to look pretty good. That was the quote by Mike Greenberg on ESPN's The Get Up Program. I like Greeny. I think he kind of he's a straight shooter. I think he he does a good job with his takes. He's never outlandish, but just they were so certain, Alyssa, in this little segment they did that Fields is gone, right? And in and, and our conversations on the show, and I think a lot of Bears fans, it's been like, it's still been a question to us, right? Like me personally, I'm still kind of pro keep Justin Fields and build around him thing. Like I, that's kind of where my heart goes, you know what I mean? Because I just, I've been rooting for this player for so long. It's hard for me to let it go, but is he a perfect product? No, right? I think Greenberg knocked it out of the park. He says he continues to look pretty good. He continues to look good. Does he look, is he perfect? Absolutely not. There was plays in this Lions game that wasn't perfect, right? And there were moments where you're like, oh, come on, Justin. You know what I mean? But then he has these moments of brilliance and he's not a finished product. And maybe you'd want him to be further along in year three. But to Greeny's point, the Bears have done absolutely everything wrong in terms of skill players uh, to this point and coaching and all that. Uh, But What's your take on that? I just thought it was really fascinating that they immediately went to Fields will be a great quarterback for someone else next year. Listen, it was never really a question. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting because, I mean, I don't think Bears fans, uh, who I think are kind of more connected with kind of the day-to-day weekly uh, operation and everything that's going on with this team. And I think no one outside of Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham, uh, perhaps, and I don't even know if they know yet, um, they're still in the evaluation process. It's not only Matt Eberflus, it's Justin Fields, it's Luke Getze. Um, but that is interesting that they said that, because I do agree the Bears have done everything wrong. They do not know how to develop a quarterback. That has been long been the main issue with this franchise. I mean, the fact that the Bears' best quarterback in franchise history is Sid Luckman from the 40s. Like, I mean, that's just like, not a good thing. And I don't know, it's kind of impressive that Justin Fields has been able to do what he's done and kind of survive Matt Nagy, survive Luke Getze, and just kind of even despite some of the poor coaching decisions or some of, you know, the poor pass protection or some of the poor weapons around him. I mean, like you said, he just, he has all of the skills, like the skill set is just so appealing. And when you look at what he did against the Lions, you have the threat of him on the ground. The way that one play I'm trying to think, uh, I think it was in the first half where the Bears were backed up in their own end zone, uh, near their own end zone, and just, you know, Fields just kind of like Aiden Hutchinson's coming at him and he just kind of like moves around, dips out and 
he's on the run and gets the ball out. And it's yep. just kind of insane, like what he's able to do, like just the way he's able to move. And then he can throw the ball down the field, which people don't realize because, you know, they don't do that too often enough. Um, but also the addition of DJ Moore and DJ Moore is someone who's been vocal too about how he wants Justin Fields here next year because he's like um i've been having a great year i like getting the ball thrown to me yes (laughs) like he's the best quarterback i've played with in my career don't go and get a rookie who might not work out and like i understand caleb williams he is just everything that you look for in a draft prospect he's going to be number one whether it's the bears or someone like paying a king's ransom to move up and get him at number one i think we can all agree but at the same time, there are no sure things. The Bears know that for certain. They've already messed up by going with uh, Ryan Pace when he drafted Mitchell Trubisky instead of Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. Like Decisions like that, There, but even then, there's no sure thing when you kind of look at that quarterback class, too. I think Trevor Lawrence, right, is the only guy right now you can say for certain is a success from that 2021 draft class. And I think... Justin Fields is right on his tail. And then after Fields, it's a big drop off. Um, so with Zach Wilson, Trey Lance and Mac and your Mac Jones. So I don't know. There's no, no sure thing when it comes to drafting any player, yet alone a quarterback. And we've seen what the bears have in fields. And when he does what he does, when he doesn't have a lot around him and how he's still able to be the game changer himself, how he's still able to make those plays. And it makes you, wonder like if you were to get a legitimate offensive mind and someone who can build an offense around him and his skill set and continue to add more playmakers maybe you get marvin harrison jr in the draft you pair him with dj Moore, and you have cole commit like i mean just the idea of that like i mean it's insane like that's what justin wants obviously he does have his shortcomings you know the processing processing he needs to get be more decisive get rid of the ball quicker cannot turn the ball over which he's done a good job of um, at least in this last game, right? And he hasn't thrown an interception in three games, I believe. So, I mean, there are some knocks on him, understandably, but there are going to be knocks on every quarterback and every player. But again, like there, the the fact the fact that those analysts just kind of sounded so sure that the Bears have already made their mind up. I mean, I would disagree. I think that Ryan Poles is going to let this process play itself out. It's going to be, and not even just through the end of the season. I think into the draft process itself, he said. Like last year, you know, unless someone just really blows him away to the to the point where, oh, yeah, it's clear that he's better than Justin Fields and we're going to stick with Fields. And then you have the opportunity to do what you did last year and go ahead and market that number one pick, which is so much more valuable this year than it was last year and how you were able to go out and get a proven player and get draft capital as well, including what's looking to be the number one pick. So, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying it's out of the question because I mean, I definitely think it's possible. I'm kind of 50 50 right now myself about what they're going to do, because I don't think anyone knows uh, what Ryan Poles is going to do. Not even him, at least at this point, but it's interesting that they sounded kind of so certain, but again, that's from like a national perspective. So, right, I mean, I right. guess it makes sense, but I think that those that are kind of more on the bear side, there, there, there are some beliefs that, you know, they would kind of go that direction. Poles gets his quarterback. You get to restart a quarterback on the rookie deal. So that also helps you with the salary cap and bringing in more play uh, playmakers and everything. But I mean, I don't think it's decided yet. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. You know, and you still, you still got fields for a couple of years on a very affordable contract as well. Right. So they could play that game. 
it's it's just fascinating to me. Uh, I I know where my heart is. I'm rooting for Fields to stick around. I'm I'm with DJ Moore. I'm Team DJ Moore yes. here, but I also I also would understand and would not rip the Bears if they a traded Fields for a good you know a good pick or a good package of picks if they got picks back for him and decided to to go with Caleb Williams. I you can't rip them for that. And you would understand it too, right? Like, I mean, you mentioned the Bears passing on Mahomes and Watson for Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, that that one will never die, right? Inexcusable. Yeah. Uh, this pat and and you could make the argument. Now I know that they hit the lottery by trading the Panthers and still keeping the number one overall pick. It looks like Alyssa in twenty twenty four. I mean, that is a, a neat trick. But polls came out and said, yeah, we evaluated the quarterbacks. There was no one better than Fields, but. I mean, C.J. Stroud looks like a dude, right? Like he looks good. Uh, so I, they could look back and say, "Oh man, did we did we misevaluate that kid? Because that kid looks pretty good out there as a rookie. He looks like a he looks like a top five passer in the league already. He looks that good out there. So C.J. Stroud, I mean, for a young guy like the sky's the limit for him. He could be a dude in this league. Uh, can they pass up on a Caleb Williams? <laughs> can they pass up on their own dude? I don't know if they can do it. I don't know, like. You've made the, I mean, you just, you just mentioned Sid Luckman, right? Like the bears have never had that, that blue chip guy. They've never had the Mahomes. They've never had the Peyton Manning. They've never had that guy, Andrew Luck, right? Even Trevor Lawrence, right? They've never had that guy. Uh, and this is their chance to go get him. And it would, it would be, it, it probably, if we're being honest with ourselves, it'd probably be more surprising if they passed on it again, Alyssa, right? They have the opportunity again and they pass again. Uh, I think that might be even more surprising than if they did stick with Fields. It's just, it's just a crazy, uh, it's a crazy story. It's so much fun. It's something we're going to be wrapped in, wrapped up in, and for months to come here. And how great is that? That you know the Bears have well, not yet, not officially, but it feels unofficial because I don't think the Panthers are going to win two yet alone one more game. Uh, for the rest of the season yeah, that no they way. essentially have the number one pick wrapped up and we don't have to not root for the bears to lose, but like hope or like not be, or like not feel bad about it. You know, like you don't have to yeah. worry about that. Yeah, totally. It, it's like, just keep rooting against the Panthers. Yeah. I I'm sick of the tank talk. Honestly, I'm so sick of it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Give me, give me real football and yeah, screw 2024. All right. We'll, we'll get into that later. I just thought that was an interesting clip off the get up program. I wanted to react to it a little bit, but we have football to talk about. We have a big game against the Browns. The Bears are, the Bears are in a playoff push, as I said earlier. Uh, and and Alyssa, oh, you can't <laughs> you can't help but laugh. I know you can't help but laugh, but it's true. And we're going to get into that game here coming up next. First, let's get some fantasy advice for those of you in your in the playoffs. Congratulations of your of your leagues. Good luck. And uh, we got some advice here from Corey Bonini, and then we'll be right back. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Playoffs. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for Week 15. Los Angeles Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford versus Washington Commanders. Facing a top-tier Ravens defense, Stafford passed for 294 yards and three touchdowns last Sunday. That gives the veteran 10 touchdowns to just one interception in his last three games. Meanwhile, Washington ranks dead last in passing yards allowed per game at 266, yards per attempt at 8.1, touchdowns allowed 30, and in the last five weeks, this matchup is 32% better than average. Nine quarterbacks have posted at least 25 fantasy points against the Commanders on the year. DeAndre Swift, Philadelphia Eagles at Seattle Seahawks. Another former Detroit Lion, Swift now has finished with fewer than 10 PPR points in four of the last five games after seven straight useful performances. 
Fear not. The matchup ahead is extremely favorable and gives Swift a valid opportunity to get back on track. Running backs have averaged the 10th most rushing yards, 5th most receiving yards, the 8th most catches per game, and a touchdown every 19.3 touches, which is the second highest rate since week 9. While risky, Swift's matchup alone makes him a strong play candidate. Wide receiver Romeo Dobbs, Green Bay Packers versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dobbs managed four catches for 32 yards against the Giants. That's weak production, but he might be thrust into the clear-cut number one role depending on what happens with injuries around him. Christian Watson has a hamstring injury, Dontavian Wicks has an ankle issue, and rookie Jaden Reed potentially is facing a concussion. Against the shaky Buccaneers secondary, Dobbs looks like a possible wide receiver two candidate. And this defense has permitted 19 receivers to reach double-digit fantasy territory in PPR scoring. Tight end Isaiah Likely, Baltimore Ravens at Jacksonville Jaguars. A 54-yard score against broken coverage last week made an otherwise modest day much more appealing. Likely has drawn 15 total targets in his two starts since the Ravens lost Mark Andrews. And that kind of stable role makes him tough to ignore in any format. The Jaguars have given up three touchdowns over the last 21 tight end catches faced. And only two defenses have allowed scores at a higher rate. This is the number 11 matchup for yardage allowed since week 9. But it's also a neutral 17th for receptions against in the last five weeks. Even still, there's no reason to get away from likely with this favorable matchup. Especially considering how volatile the position is. For more award winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice. Please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. As we've mentioned, the Bears, they've won three of their last four. They now travel to Cleveland to play the Browns. Joe Flacco has made a comeback, Alyssa. Oh, man, as a diehard Patriots fan growing up, I used to hate Joe Flacco. Actually, I remember a game. I went to a Sunday night game, Patriots-Ravens, and I was yelling at I was going back and forth with the crowd there, uh, the guys around me sitting in the, in the stands. I was wearing a Brady jersey. Everyone's giving me crap. And I was telling them how much Flacco sucked. And then that, that take didn't age well because that was the year the Ravens went on and won the freaking Super Bowl with Flacco throwing moon balls all over the place. So, yeah, that one, that one didn't age well. But the Browns with Joe Flacco at quarterback, they are, as we speak, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Bears. Uh, I think the line was a, a three. Alyssa, coming into today, it's moved to three-and-a-half. What's your leadoff thought on this matchup? Um, this is a bigger game than I had anticipated it being. Just because, again, as someone who had predicted them to lose all but one of their final five games. Yes, I'm calling myself out here. Um, Suddenly, this is a huge game for the Bears as they are, yes, making a push for the playoffs. And I'm not laughing as I say that. I'm smiling on the verge of laughing. But no, it's just crazy. Like I I feel like I've covered two different seasons, right? Like the one where it's just a complete disaster and they came to house. And then now they're... Because like you said, they won three of their last four games. Right now, they're three and one <laughs> to me, right? So, I mean, it's just crazy how things have changed. So now this Browns game, I mean, I, I saw the line open at three. I'm like, oh, okay. So basically, oddsmakers have like no idea what to make of this, uh, which is good. Because I think that the Bears and what they've done over the last few games really has have everyone like kind of shell-shocked. Like, okay, well, who the hell is this team? Like, you know, are they that team from earlier? in the year where they got blown out uh, by the Chiefs and how they blew that lead against the Broncos and all that stuff, or are they this team that has defeated back-to-back division opponents, teams that are contending for the playoffs and the division? So, I mean, like, looking at this game, my immediate reaction is just, like, I'm terrified for Justin Fields. Just and And not even just from, like, this season specifically, but I have PTSD from his first start 
in 2021 when yes. Matt Nagy threw him to the Wolves. How could you not? And Miles Garrett in that pass rush ate him alive to the tune of nine sacks. And it was just like, I feel like that game broke him a little bit. Like when you see him hesitating and kind of being a little indecisive and just like not looking comfortable back there, that's when it, ha- that's when it happened. That's when the seed was planted. Uh, so if I'm feeling this way, I'm hoping that Fields is not. But like that's just my immediate thought is like I'm because Miles Garrett and this Cleveland Browns defense, they're damn good and they're even better at home. And this game is in Cleveland. So I'm really nervous about that. But then I also think about I mean, the Bears offensive line has done a lot better in pass protection this year. I mean, I think we can agree that if there's a weakness, it's definitely the interior at center. Uh, I think that, you know, Tevin Jenkins Jenkins has been great. Nate Davis has been good. Um, so still they, they've done pretty good, but they're going to face like Darnell, Darnell Wright's going to face a really big test Braxton Jones as well. Um, Sunday, but then on defense too, you're going up against Joe Flacco, the 2023 version. Okay. So he's not in his prime anymore. Um, so there will be opportunities there, I believe. So I feel like the bears are, you know, they're riding a hot hand, but so are the Browns. They're eight and five. They're are in the playoff race as well. And this is a huge game for both of these teams. So uh, I don't know, may the best team win? May the Bears win? That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, both teams uh, both teams have playoff aspirations. The Browns are they're not throwing in the towel, even though Flacco's their fourth starting quarterback this year or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's true. It's Joe Flacco. Like, you should, have, you should have some opportunities there. I think the Browns also lo- uh, lost their left tackle there. Uh, he got carted yes. off last week against the Jaguars. So the Browns have all kinds of injuries, quarterback, left tackle, running back, right? Nick, Nick Chubb was lost for the season earlier this year, uh, but they've held it together and they've been very competitive throughout all their, their, their games. Really. They're, they're not a team that gets handled very often and at home. I mean, you made the point. I mean, I think if you're, if you're looking at trends, uh, the Browns lead lead the league in um, against the spread at home, right? They're six and one. Uh, I, I think they've only got one loss at home all year, and it was earlier in the year when Deshaun Watson missed a game. They started the rookie Dorian Thompson Robinson. He was just not ready, and they got uh, they just got bashed by the Ravens. But that's their only loss at home all season. They've won every other home game, <laughs> so oh, okay. they're they're a tough team. They're a tough team, especially at home. They're that AFC North grindy defensive kind of team. And I don't worry about the the defensive side for the Bears at all. I think they're going to win their fair share of series. I worry about Luke Getze. I worry about the uh, Bears offense. And when things get really grindy and tough, how do you respond, right? Because I think this is a game where Fields will probably get knocked around a little bit. And you're, you know, the, the Browns are going to win their fair share of plays just like you are. And it's going to be kind of that back and forth uh, coaching match and Luke Getze against Jim Schwartz there, the defensive coordinator for the Browns, I think is pro Schwartz. Um, so that's where I worry about the Bears. I worry about their offense going against that Browns defense. I think I the Bears defense will do their thing. They should. I don't think they're going to get lit up by Flacco. I don't think they're going to give up 31 points like the Jags just put on them. Or I'm sorry, the Bears just, the Browns just put on the Jags, I should say. But Luke Getze against Jim Schwartz, Alyssa, that's that's where I'm nervous, and that's why I'm kind of leading uh, Browns, even at three and a half. I, I just think being on the road and against that defense is a little scary, is a little scary, because outside of a team you're really comfortable playing right now in the Lions, 
you haven't had a like a big offensive eruption, right? The the game against Minnesota was a was a drag. You only scored field goals in that one. If you're doing the same thing against Cleveland, I think it's going to be tough to win that game on the road. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not really worried about the Bears defense, which it's incredible considering where we started the season. Not worried about them at all. It does come down to the offense. Like with Luke Getze, especially, we saw this week or last week against the Lions that he is capable of making adjustments. Now, he like it's the consistency part with him, kind of like with Justin Fields. You want to see it just, you know, consistently. And like sometimes when things get ugly, Luke Getze kind of shuts down and he really doesn't know how to make those in-game adjustments. So I don't know, like if there's a situation where Fields is back there and he's getting hammered, then you cannot keep him in the pocket. You got to roll him out. Like stuff that like Matt Nagy during the first uh, Fields' first start just refused to do. He just kind of kept him in there and he's got battered all game. So the I think this game will come down to Ultimately, you know, who, who like the trenches on offense, especially for the Bears, you know, who's going to get the better of that matchup. And like I said, Braxton Jones and Darnell Wright are really going to have their hands full there. And I don't know. I, and I, you want to see how Fields handles it, too, because this is another test. And we're talking about his evaluation and whether you do roll with him. I think Ryan Poles, he's going to be looking at this one. This is a really good Cleveland Browns defense this is a good, really good Browns team that is contending for the playoffs how does Justin Fields rise to the occasion does he rise to the occasion how does he handle the pressure um this could be one of those games where I don't know where you see him using his legs more not necessarily designed quarterback runs but just kind of by necessity because the pocket breaks down and because he just has to get out of there hopefully it's you know positive we shall see but I agree with you I think even at three and a half I would lean Cleveland the defense just makes me really really nervous like you said the Luke Getze matchup I'm just I'm nervous about that if this game was in Chicago I probably feel a little bit better but when you couple that Browns defense the fact that Luke Getze is still the offensive coordinator for the Bears and that crowd it's a little nerve-wracking it is that defense is I believe the top defense in DVOA this year nice. um they are top against the pass and number three against the rush uh so they're tough they're tough and i think that's why i would lean ba- uh, browns in this game i would lean browns at home three and a half the trends say that they're really good at um they're really good at home and i just think they're going to be comfortable in this style of game uh, and i just don't think the bears have enough juice on offense to really take them out of that game like teams have done against cleveland like cleveland has given up some points at times this year uh but I just don't think the Bears are going to be able to do that. I think it's going to be a low-scoring grind and give me the Browns in that kind of game. But I, even if they lose this game, Alyssa, I don't, I'm not throwing in the towel. Uh, I still think that Week 18, Week 18 against the Packers being meaningful, I still think that's on the table for this team. I still like the Bears. And if they, do co- if they go into Cleveland and win this game, then, oh boy. The, the, the train will be leaving the station and you got to hop on. You got to every all aboard, all aboard Bears fans. We're going for it because this would be a huge, huge win for this team. It would be an eye opening win. I think this would be, you know, it's one thing to beat up on a division opponent that you're comfortable against. Uh, and, the, and the Bears won a couple games here against, you know, a bad Panthers team and a couple division opponents and the Vikings and the Lions. Go beat a team, an AFC team like Cleveland. That's kind of a different style uh, and go in there and win a physical football game with them on the, on their turf and come out on top when they're playing just as hard as you can for playoff positioning, then boy, we're having a different conversation about this team. I think it's, it's, it's real, real. 
if they go out there and beat Cleveland. But I, I would I think I would pick Browns. I would lean Browns to win it outright, and I'd probably take them to cover as well. So what do you think about that spread? Three and a half. Yeah, no, I think I definitely take them, uh, take the Browns at three and a half. Um, but doesn't this feel like a Matt Eberflus game where this could cut? Like we've seen this Bears defense; they're, they're tied for the second most takeaways in the last uh, was it, since Week Nine. And if this is a situation where it's one of those games where the offenses are playing sloppy, and whoever has whoever wins the turnover battle wins the game, could it be the Bears? And you're asking me before, has Matt Eberflu saved saved his job? I think though this is the kind of game you go out and win. Mm-hmm. I think the answer is yes, because then it's just all gravy from there. Like it's just it's easy. You have very two very beatable teams, uh, and then the Packers on deck in Week 18. So it's going to be a big game. I mean, it, it really could. This could be a def, just a def, defensive battle. Uh, but I I am still leaning towards the Browns. And I'm taking, I'm even with three and a half, taking them. Um, and I'm doing my part, Ryan, because every time I pick against the Bears, they win. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing that. Keep it up. Uh, yeah. I pick them to go one and five. They're probably going to, they, their loss would probably come to the Falcons because I picked them to beat them. But no, 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 no. We're going to start fresh when that week comes. So I'm going to keep picking against them. I'm going to do my part and let's run the table here. Yeah, I think I've been kind of hot picking the, the Bears. I, I think I had them covering against the Lions the first time. I had them, I, I picked them against the Vikings as well to cover. They won it outright. And then I was high on them last week too, um, at home against the Lions. So I've been hot. Hopefully I'm wrong this time because I, I like the Browns. I just think it's a matchup that favors the Browns. Uh, but we will see. Uh, and Alyssa, good stuff as always. And it, it's, it is refreshing, right, to have meaningful football to talk about and watch for, for Bear, uh, Bears fans here going into mid to late December. I mean, that's... What more can you ask for? That's good stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna hold on to this meaningful football thing as long as we can. It's the best. Uh, it, it's been too long since the Bears have played meaningful December football that has nothing to do with draft picks uh, for the next year. Yeah, so I'm so over definitely that. going to enjoy this ride and not worry about the 2024 offseason until it's here. Right, or until next week's episode, we we'll probably <laughs> talk more about it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Which is something that we would do. But for Alyssa Varvieri, I'm Ryan O'Leary. As always, thanks for joining us on the podcast. We appreciate you. Uh, tell a friend, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, and Alyssa and I will be back after this big game. Bears, Browns, we'll be back to break it down next week. Can't wait. We will talk to you then. And as always, bear down. Bear down.